Chapter 6 of Pieces of Hate and Other Enthusiasms This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pieces of Hate and Other Enthusiasms by Haywood Bruin Chivalry is Born Every now and then we hear parents commenting on the fearful things which motion pictures may do to the minds of children. They seem to think that a little child is full of sweetness and of light. We had the same notion until we had a chance to listen intently to the prattle of a three-year-old. Now we know that no picture can possibly outdo him in his own fictionalized frightfulness. Of course, we had heard testimony to this effect from Freudians, but we had supposed that all these horrible bloodlusts and such like were suppressed. Unfortunately, our own son is without recitance. We had a notion that each individual goes through approximately the same stages of progress as the race. Haywood Brune, 3D, seemed not yet quite as high as the caveman in his concepts. For the last few months, he has been harping continuously and chiefly during mealtime about cutting off people's noses and gouging out eyes. In his range of speculative depredations, he has invariably seemed liberal. There seemed to us then no reason to fear that new notions of horror would come to Haywood Brune 3D from any of the pictures being licensed at present in this state. As a matter of fact, he has received from the films his first notions of chivalry. Of course, we are not at all sure that this is beneficial. We like his sentimentalism a little worse than his sadism. After seeing Tolerable David, for instance, we had a long argument. Since our experience with motion pictures is longer than his, we often feel reasonably certain that our interpretation of the happenings is correct, and we do not hesitate to contradict H3D. Although he is so positive that sometimes our confidence is shaken. We knew that he was all wrong about Tolerable David, because it was quite evident that he had become mixed in his mind concerning the hero and the villain. He kept insisting that David was a bad man, because he fought. Pacifism has always seemed to us an appealing philosophy, but it came with bad grace from such a swashbuckling disciple of frightfulness as H3D. However, we did not develop that line of reasoning, but contended that David had to fight in order to protect himself. Woody considered this for a while, and then answered triumphantly, David hit a woman. Our disgust was unbounded. Film life had seared the child after all. Actually, it was not David who hit the woman, but the villainous Luke Hatburn, the terrible mountaineer. That error in observation was not the cause of our worry. The thing that bothered us was that here was a young individual, not yet four years of age, who was already beginning to talk in terms of the weaker vessel and all the other phrases of a romantic school we believed to be dying. It could not have shocked us more if he had said, 
Woman's place is in the home. David hit a woman, he piped again, seeming to sense our consternation. What of it, we cried. But there was no bullying him out of his point of view. The fault belongs entirely to the motion pictures. H3D cannot truthfully say that he has had the slightest hint from us as to any sex inferiority of women. By word and deed, we have tried to set him quite the opposite example. We have never allowed him to detect us for an instant in any chivalrous act or piece of partial sex politeness. Toasts such as, The ladies, God bless em, are not drunk in our house, nor has Woody ever heard, Shall we join the ladies, the fair sex, the weaker sex, or any other piece of patronizing, masculine poppycock? Susan B. Anthony's picture hangs in his bedroom side by side with Abraham Lincoln and the big elephant. He has led a sheltered life and has never been allowed to play with nice children. But somehow or other, chivalry and romanticism creep into each life even through barred windows. We have no intention of being too hard upon the motion pictures. Something else would have introduced it. These phases belong in the development of the race. H3D must serve his time as gentle knight just as he did his stint in the role of sadistic caveman. Presently, we fear, he will get to the Crusades, and we shall suffer during a period in which he will try to improve our manners. History will then be our only consolation. We shall try to bear up secure in the knowledge that the Dark Ages are still ahead of him. We hope that the motion pictures might be used as an antidote against the damage which they have done. We took H3D to see Nazimova in a doll's house. There was a chance, we thought, that he might be moved by the eloquent presentation of the fact that before all else a woman is a human being and just as eligible to be hit as anybody else. We read him the caption embodying Nora's defiance, but at the moment it flashed upon the screen he had crawled under a seat to pick up an old program, and the words seemed to have no effect. Indeed, when Nora went out into the night, slamming the door behind her, he merely hazarded that she was going to Mr. Butler's. Mr. Butler happens to be our grocer. The misapprehension was not the fault of Nazimova. She flung herself out of the house magnificently, but Haywood Brune, 3D, insisted on believing that she had gone around the corner for a dozen eggs. In discussing the picture later, we found that he had quite missed the point of Mr. Isbon's play. Of Nora, the human being, he remembered nothing. It was only Nora, the mother, who had impressed him. All he could tell us about the great and stimulating play was that the lady had crawled on the floor with her little boy and her little girl. And yet it seems to us that Isbon has told his story with singular clarity. D'Artagnan Woody likes very much. He is fond of recalling to our mind that D'Artagnan walked on the roof in his nightshirt. H3D is not allowed on the roof, nor is he permitted to wander about in his nightshirt. Perhaps the child's introduction to films has been somewhat too haphazard. As we remember, the first picture which we saw together was called, Is Life Worth Living? 
The worst of it is that circumstances made it necessary for us to leave before the end, so neither of us found out the answer. End of Chapter 6 Recording by Richard Kilmer, Rio Medina, Texas